Wow, blessings to you guys. It's great to be here with you this morning. It's a real privilege. And I know uh, what it's like to, to go through a time where you've been part of a church plant and you have some leaders step down. I was in a, uh, a small vineyard church plant many years ago, back in 87. I was going to university, got involved in a little church there, found out it was a vineyard, and God just rocked my world and changed my life through that. But after about three years, the, the church had to close down. The, uh, because it was in a university town, it was mostly university students that were coming to the church, and we didn't have a lot of money. And at one point, the, the, the older couples that were actually earning money um, got jobs at interstate, had to move here, move here, and go there. And, and after a while, the pastor and his wife said, guys, look, I'm really sorry, but you know, we're just in that kind of situation where we can't keep going unless the Lord brings in some more people that can financially support the ministry. And you know, those of us that were new in the faith and young and, and, and had really experienced God in that place really grieved. And for us, it was like, uh, I was just listening to the words that Matt was using, and it was like a death. It was like a mourning that we went through. And there may be some of you here this morning that you may feel that way. You may feel that sense of loss. And there's a grieving process. There's a time that you'll go through where you'll uh, release over to the Lord the, the good things that God has done and, and look forward to the new that's coming uh, through the men, of, men and women of God that are, that are here, that are rising up, uh, Matt and his wife. and um, others that will come along. And as I was thinking about what to share with you guys today, I, f- I felt sort of drawn to um, John chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, have a look with me in John chapter 3. So John chapter 3, verse 5. This is where Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He's a little bit afraid to come to him during the day, but he comes at night and he has this conversation with Jesus. He wants to know about all this kingdom of God stuff that's going on. And Jesus says to him in John 5, after he's told him that he must be born again, in verse 5, Jesus answered and said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And there's two points that I want to make out of that little passage there. Number one, where he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And I want to encourage those of you that you, you have felt uh, that this is your home church, this is your family, and God has called you to, to stay here and grow and be planted. And I want to encourage those of you that have that call on your life that flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. If you want to move and grow in the power of the spirit, you've got to operate in the spirit. You can't do things by programs or, or rituals or tradition. You know, whatever um, Mark and Cheryl have done, now's a new season. Now it's time to listen to the Lord again and come back to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, we're at a new place. What do we do now? And as the Lord gives you instruction, then go with it. You know, follow the cloud. Follow the, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. 
Elsewhere, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And he, he also went on to say that um, it's only the spirit that can give life. So as you listen to the Lord in this new season, tune in to what the spirit of God is saying. The second point in there is that the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And for those of us who know the Lord, particularly those of us that have been around church for a while, some of us have experienced Christians that maybe some of us feel might be a bit flaky. They say, oh, the Lord's told me to do this. The Lord's told me to do that. And the next time you see them, the Lord's told me to go here and do this and do that. And you know what I'm talking about? But I know these guys, and I know that um, this is something that's been on their heart for a long time. And, and, and I know that you know, most of you guys know their story. You've journeyed with them as they, uh, as they endeavor to open up their heart and their home and pour out resources into building up the kingdom of God elsewhere. And as they make this decision, this is not something that's taken lightly. You know, this is something that the hand of God is upon them to do. And so we want to bless that. Um, this is not something where, we, uh, where we've entered in lightly and just think, oh, well, I think, I think maybe he's saying this or maybe he's saying that. No, this is something that's been born over a long period of time where there's deep roots of compassion um, in their heart for the people that they're reaching out to. But I was thinking about some examples from scripture where we see people that are, that are grounded in God and they're going about their, their business. They're going about the mission that God has given them. They're being faithful in what they've been given. And all of a sudden God interrupts and by the spirit tells them, go here and do this or that. And some of the first people that came to my mind were Philip in Acts chapter eight. Let's have a look at that. So let's look at this, starting at verse 26. Now, just before we read that, as you know, just a bit of background about Philip. He was um, set apart and ordained as a deacon in the church in Jerusalem to look after the poor, to wait on the widows and the orphans and the, um, whoever else was in need. And they went around in the community uh, looking after the, the physical needs of the people in the church. And Philip was faithful. He was a faithful minister in that, and that's what he had been about the business of doing until a great persecution arose within Jerusalem, and many of the believers were scattered. And as a result of that scattering, Philip went up to Samaria. But where he went, he remained faithful to the word of the Lord, and he began to preach up there. And if you remember the story, God blessed his ministry. Uh, People were delivered, there were miracles, and people came into the kingdom through that. Anyway, in the process of Philip just living in faithfulness to the the Lord, he's just minding his own business there in Samaria. And in verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting on his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And the spirit of the Lord told Philip, 
Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And you know the rest of the story. I won't read uh, the rest of the uh, passage through there, but let's skip down toward the end. After Philip has baptized the eunuch, at verse 39, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotos and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So here we have a man, he's been faithful in the church in Jerusalem, year after year, season after season, looking after the poor, and then all of a sudden, there's a persecution, he goes up to Samaria, he's faithful with what he's been given, he preaches up there, and now out of the blue, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord calls him to go down to this road on the way and meets the Ethiopian eunuch, and after the baptism, same thing, translated to Azotos. So When Jesus says, we are like the children that are born of the Spirit, are like the wind. It blows wherever it pleases. Sometimes you don't know where it's coming or where it's going. There's an unpredictability sometimes in God. Because when we're born again, unless you're the Apostle Paul, God doesn't give you the full plan up front. You You have to walk with the Lord in faithfulness. And as you walk with him, he gives you bit by bit by bit by bit. And as you're faithful in doing the, thing, the first thing that he's given you, then while you're in the midst of that, sometimes he'll speak and say, okay, now I want you to add this to that. Or he might say, well, you've been faithful here, now pick up and go over there. And there's an unpredictability in that. But it comes out of a faithfulness. It comes out of an obedience. All right, let's have a look at another person. And this is Peter in Acts chapter 10. Now, similar thing for Peter. You know, you guys know the story. Peter was an apostle, and after the Lord was resurrected, he was one of the heads of the church in the Jerusalem council. He was faithful to the ministry that God gave him. He went around uh, preaching, and he went to Samaria. He went other places. And at one point, he was down um, at Joppa, and he was praying. And starting at verse 10, Actually, sorry, let's go down to verse 9. So, chapter 10, verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air and that a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And you know the story from there. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, Some men are looking for you, and I want you to go with them to the house of Cornelius. And after that, of course, Peter went with them, and the the Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit. But again, Peter, similar sort of situation. He was a man that was faithful with what he had been given, And he was just going about his business, and in the midst of that, the Lord spoke to him and said, Now, go over here and do this. And from time to time in the Lord, this is what will happen if we're faithful with what we've been given. Now, also, there's a season in the Lord. Turn with me over to Ecclesiastes. 
Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So there's a season in God as we follow the wind of the Holy Spirit. There are some things that are meant to last throughout the life of the believer. If you've got a particular call on your life, and there are other things where there will be season, moving into the next season, moving into the next season. And there's a a passage of Scripture, I can't remember it right at the moment, but it's where um, the advice is being given, and it says that those are wise who discern the season, who discern the times. Blessed are those who discern the times. Now have a look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 25. Now, those of you that know me and have heard some of my stories before, you know that I really enjoy the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And for me, and in the call of God on my life, that's something that I just, I look for constantly. You know, Lord, what are you doing? I want to see a supernatural thing happen. Let's go for it. And, and for me personally, it's been a little bit harder for me to enter into the, the practical needs, mercy, compassion side of, of our Lord. Because I, I tend to look for all the supernatural stuff. Oh, what's going on? I want to see something. Um, but thanks be to God, He's working on me in that way, and I, I think I'm I'm beginning to, you know, look for more of the practical needs that need to be met. But one of the things that's blessed me about knowing you guys and knowing Mark and Cheryl is that you know you guys as a church and these guys as a couple have been really committed to the the practical compassionate needs of the the people in Fiji, and Obviously, you know, that's why these guys are laying down what they're laying down in order to, to bless people over there. And it just, as I was thinking about all this, I thought, man, you know, this is like the sheep and the goats. And I just felt to read this passage out to you, um, you know, because just as much as the Lord has given us the commission um, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, he's also given us the commission to take in the poor, feed the hungry, look after the widows, look after the orphans. It all goes together. You know, these two things are not separate. They're melded together. And in the Lord Jesus, they're one. And so I just felt to read this out. This is uh, Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. 
I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do, For one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And I just felt to honor these guys that at this point in their ministry, they're feeling to answer this call of Jesus in Matthew 25. And so today we're going to, I know you guys have planned to pray for them, and and we're going to do that in a moment. But I also felt like I had a word for you as a church, those that feel that, this is your home. This is where you're called to. And you feel that God has told you, stay put, stay here, and, and build build the house. And this word comes from Joshua chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles, just turn with me over to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan. Now, these guys aren't dead. Okay, don't, don't draw that analogy. Don't go there. All right. But we're just talking about Moses has come. He's planted the place. He's moving on. Now, now it's time for the Joshua's to rise up. Okay, you with me on that? Now then, you and all these people, Joshua, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Just receive that in your heart. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And he mentions that twice. Did you notice that? Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So for those of you that remain, if you put into practice the words of our Lord, the Lord's promise is you will prosper. You will be successful. It's not, a, it's not a maybe. 
It's a definite. Now there's one more little passage that I want to close with. And this is in 2 Kings chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came to Elisha and asked, Do you know where the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Now, what, uh, before I go on, what I find really interesting about this is that already, Elisha's already got a clue about how people who are of the Spirit can be taken here and taken there and wherever. He's already got that clue because he says, I'm not going to leave you. Because he knows the Lord could take Elijah anywhere. And he goes, I'm not leaving you. I'm sticking with you. So he's, he's clued in. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And, and he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? And he says, yes, I know, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. So now the spirit of the Lord has taken him three different places. And he, re- and, and he said, stay here. The Lord sent me to the Jordan. He replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked for a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak which had fallen from him and struck the water with it. And he said, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And I believe the Lord's promise to you guys is that if you will take up the mantle, if you will take up the cloak, if you will take up the gifts and the calling of the Spirit of the Lord that's on this church, you can strike the water and it will divide for you. You know, just just because our leaders may move on, there's still a call on us as a people. Amen? 